Tad, you graduated from West Point, uh, went to Army Ranger School, went to Airborne School, uh, served in the Honor Guard, and then now you are the president and CEO of your own recruiting firm. And uh, I, the first question I want to ask you is the age-old question, are leaders born or are they made? Well, I, you know, candidly, I think it's a, a little bit of both um, because, uh, you know, it sounds, it just sounds in a sarcastic way. Everybody has to be born. But <laughs> the, uh, the way you're asking the question is are, are, are people – leaders naturally um, given leadership as a natural gift. I I do think there are components of leadership that are naturally given, but I would tell you that any leader that's a good leader has usually had some level of training and some level of experiences that get them where they are. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, follow-up question to that is, in your mind, what makes a good leader? Well, I think leadership, you know, and in, in, in the modern world of sometimes the um, where people would uh, kind of uh, ascertain that there is no truth or there is no absolute. Um, I think there are things that are there is truth and and there are absolutes to a certain extent but around leadership a lot of times it really does depend on you know the because leadership's assumption is that you have followers so the beginning of saying well what what makes a good leader has a lot to do with who's following them so i think a, a good leader has the ability to be be the right person for the kind of followers they have in that distinct organization at that distinct time because you see some leaders that uh, did well in certain circumstances and poorly in others and a lot of times that has to do with the ability to be adaptive in leadership Uh, when you're saying I'm I'm leading a a group of of, you you know very you know, very elementary example, but if I'm leading a, a group of, of kindergartners to uh, get in the line and get to recess, you know, in an orderly fashion, it is very, very different than somebody who leads a multi um, kind of, you know, an, an organization that has multiple levels of people and multiple levels of tasks to be led those leaders would be very different one being you know fairly simple and the other where that leaders might be kind of it might be kind of complex and the the things they do to lead in a complex organization in a complex situation could be very different than those where it's fairly simple and static Mm. so like the importance of context in which the leadership is occurring yeah i think so i mean i think that's a big deal because i think you um, people say, oh, that person's a good leader. Uh, usually if somebody says it's a, they're a good leader because they were able to, their organization was able to accomplish something in a favorable manner and in a, in a way that people recognize that. And it's, you know, it's, it's not always as obvious, you know. It's not always just, oh, well, this person was a great leader here, so they're going to be a great leader there. You know? Sure. You know? 
Okay, so you were a leader in the military world, you know, infantry officer, and then now you're a leader uh, and executive in the business world. Can you kind of compare and contrast um, maybe some things that you did that made you a great leader in the military world that didn't transfer as well to the executive world, but then also some things that did transfer really well? Mm, that's a good. That's a good question. So I think um, things that um, that transfer well, and again, are not always as common. You know, the military talks about leading by example, and as an infantry officer, you know, you're not at a, an executive level position where your soldiers are out in the field, or good leadership is not your soldiers are out in the field in the rain and the mud and the cold. And, and you're not with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so military leadership talks about leading by example and leading by, you know, with a, with value-driven leadership in a big way. So a combination of, of leading by example and leading by values has translated a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but something um, that's very different of leading, you know, leading soldiers – versus leading civilians is that you're they're not all all people in a in a civilian organization are not necessarily don't have the and most times don't have the base level of training that's in common like the military does where the skills training so when you're leading an organization the military an infantry organization infantry whether that be fire team squad platoon company they all have the common training around things like IMTing and, and rifle, you know, usage and, and how to maneuver. So there's a big level of commonality of that training. And then that's good because then it makes the leading of that organization a, a little more simple and that they have a, a, a very concrete set of trained in set of skills in a very, um, known set of values and a known set of behaviors that are, are okay and what makes you know leading in the military hard is usually the circumstances in which you're doing it you're usually in very very you know missions are very difficult so if you weren't if it wasn't simplified and if the training base wasn't exactly the same your chance of success would be much less than what it is that's why the american military is so strong is because of some of that some of that training that and some of the people you're you're leading are already advanced subject followers versus it being in the civilian world people kind of take a you know you get all kinds of inputs of people from cultures educations trainings um etc and leading like that is a little more uh, complex and you've got to be able to i think do a better job of interpreting who you're leading and where are they coming from so that they'll actually follow and they'll actually accomplish things. Cause I've seen people who were good military leaders, um, who weren't good civilian leaders. And I've seen good civilian leaders that, you know, couldn't even make it in the military. That makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so do you think that there's anything organizations or companies can do in order to create that baseline of training or experience uh, that you saw when leading in the military among their employees? 
I think you can through core values missions. And so you can, you can do a lot of that in terms of the combination of saying, Hey, what's our mission? What's our core values? What are our guiding principles? And so good organizations tend to have really, really strong, you know, purpose mission, you know, cause again, some people call it a purpose some people call it a mission, you know, so but then core values are a big deal and interviewing as such around core values and missions so that people you know, are moderately aligned when they enter an organization um, really helps with the abilities to do leadership. And then the second thing is a, a core level of saying these are, you know, and, and this is something that even when I talk about with Charlie, who, you know, at, at Humcap is, okay, I look at some of the skills in recruiting we need. We need to, you know, dumb those down to like the army dumbs down paddle drills. And so there's certain, there's 10, 12 battle drills that every infantry soldier in the military knows and they and they know what to do. And it starts on about like the eighth day of basic training <laughs> and they never change, you know? So you have like seven or eight days before they start talking about it. And then if you're in the military for 30 years, you're going to, you're going to talk about those, those same, you know, 10 to 15 battle drills because the reason is because the people change within organizations so much to replace from platoon one to platoon three, they have to have that base level of peace and good companies do the same thing where they have a very, you know, you know, a, a core capability that's common across how people do things. Like if you think of good organizations like, you know, FedEx or even UPS, if you look at those, the FedEx and UPS folks don't, they don't just give them a bunch of packages and say, okay, figure out how to go get these people. Mm-hmm. They have a process that, that they're given so that, you know, it's not, it takes away a lot of the uncertainty, thus making it a little easier to lead across an enterprise. I like the idea of uh, drawing people's attention to the company's values early and often. Absolutely. Well, and I have a big, big, believer in you know hiring for values and mission and making sure that if they're not aligned with that well maybe they should not even they shouldn't even have day one at the company not because they're not a good person but because maybe they fit somewhere else and you know don't necessarily align with the mission and values of organizations well so how do you evaluate uh let's call it culture fit you know, and whether or not somebody is going to value the same things that, that your organization does. Um, I think you can ask situational interview questions and say, okay, give me an example when you had a situation like this and you, uh, and you had to go do this, give me an example of what you did and what skills you used and how did you figure that out? So it's a combination of, you know, behavioral interviewing, situational interviewing, um, honestly observing, you know, what somebody's done when they do certain things. If you put an interview context in a, in a way that um, people have to do things, a lot of people, you know, there's the old phrase, a lot more said than is done in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people who talk well. There's not as many people who do well or perform well as those who talk well. 
and you and then the world is littered with those examples and and everybody thinks they usually can do more than they can and so it's i think it's important to be able to evaluate their quote unquote their say to do ratio because you know good good people in general have a you know a, a say to do ratio of one to one uh, like today like okay and this is gonna be ridiculous alex but you know me well i had a long pt this morning did a long bike ride and on, on saturdays my one you know kind of real uh, lazy privilege i give myself after my long saturday workouts is i take a nap and i think my body automatically woke up because it was getting near three o'clock for a call <laughs> It's like, I, I, I got I to gotta get ready for this, for this interview. It's just, it's like, and, but my say to do ratio is extremely important to me. Um, and I am not perfect, but yet I, I watch what I say and make sure it's something that I'm willing to do. Yes, sir. Uh, well, okay. Kind of touching on that a little bit. You're a really intentional guy. What are some of the things that you consciously do to lead people well? Hmm. That's a great question. So a couple, a, a couple things. One is I try to put things in context to what we're trying to accomplish all the time. So, and we have more new hires now at our company and, and, and a number of, of young ones who are like straight out of school or straight out of, you know, never had recruiting experience. And so one of the big things is I try to put it in a context that they can understand. So contextualize what I, what I need them to do. Um, and I think the other thing is consistently talking about the things we do, you know, pointing back to the mission and the values consistently doing that, you know, is a combination of setting the field. So it makes more sense for what they're doing. And then secondly, pulling it back into the value set that we want to operate by. Um, does a lot of things to be a, a good leader. Um, you know, I also think leading by example can't be under underestimated because it's something that's a norm in the military and not everybody's always great in the military, at it, but everybody has some, you know, level of that, but it's very, it's a lot less, you know, a lot less common in the business world. Um, and then, then very, very uncommon in the world of people think of leadership within our, our governments or our public institutions. It's pretty uncommon there too. Yes, sir. You know, so I think that's, and then these might sound like tried examples, um, but they seem relevant to me. Mm -hmm. You've got uh, just a wealth of, experience and training to kind of draw on what are things that you do to continue to grow as a leader and to continue to expand your capabilities? Well, one I think is experiencing new things and new cultures because the context in which you lead people has a lot to do with who's being led. So the ability to say, like I even see people who, you know, again, as you go back to the military thing where you can tell they were, you know, okay in the military and they get out of the military and they're, it's a bunch of, still a bunch of military jargon. And, and in some ways it, it sounds good and it sounds, you know, kind of patriotic, but it's, 
it becomes very irrelevant to the people. So I think experiencing different things from where you grew up or, or where you were educated so that when you're in a different environment, you have some kind of context to both lead by example and show people that you're, that you're real and not just a, a robot because people think, Oh, you're in the military. You're going to be, you know, static and rigid and, you know, informal. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of kind of assumptions of what people are like in doing that. And I think you have to break that mold through experiences and through opening, seeing what other things and other experiences can be like so that you can have a presence that's seen more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, what do you do to develop the leaders that are serving underneath you? both in the business and the professional worlds. So building leaders is a funny, is a funny, you know, thing where some people again back to, are they born or are they developed? Mm -hmm. You know, one, when you think about that, you have to kind of say, what do I want before I do that? And then secondly, how do I put them in a set of circumstances that they can grow to, to lead people. And, and again, a big thing that I think is, uh, rightly a big deal is leading a, a diverse organization, um, your ability to both embrace who is the person and how do I show a, a, a level of respect to every individual, but then not treat different individuals differently when they have the same, you know, uh, if you will, perf- if they have the, you know, the same performance, well, then you treat them the same versus, you know, there's a whole lot of, um, people aren't able to go, you know, gain a level of, of respect of the followers, um, so that they can then have a pretty absolute set of standards about that was a pass or that was a fail. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So developing leaders that have a level of, you know, approachability, a level of open-mindedness around, you know, how you approach the people, but then also saying a rigid mindset of, okay, here's what we have to accomplish. And I don't care, I don't care who you are or what your, your background is. This is the standard. And we got to go do X well. We got to go do Y well. And here's how we can tell is it well done or not well done? Because that's where you see some of the, the bigger issues we have, I think, in society is people can't, um, or people either can't or don't have an appreciation of where people come from. So they can't build a level of respect of the individual and build a level of, okay, with that person here's how I might modify my leadership so that they can perform the task well. A leader is fundamentally someone who takes a group of people from wherever they happen to be all to the same desired location. Or outcome. Yeah. Yes, sir. And also just the tension between, um, you know, we are a group of individuals who are all coming from different places and are unique and have different experiences. 
motivated and driven by different things. But at the same time, we're an organization. We're a single unit uh, that has to act and behave cohesively in order to accomplish our goals and just holding the tension between the two of those. I think that's a big deal. I mean, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, when you say some of the better leaders, you know, have the ability to look at situations and understand them in more, in more depth and more quickly and are able to be adaptable into the, the, the accomplishing of the mission. Mm -hmm. And there, you know, so some people think of, you know, a leader is, you know, somebody who stands up in front of everybody and gets all the credit or gets all the, the blame versus somebody who says they got to figure out how to, you know, take where they are, take what the stated, you know, the stated values and mission on the overarching organization is, and then adapt them to that situation that they're in day by day, week by week you know, month by month, because the, the, the world, I would tell you is a, it, it is changing and it's changing fast and people, the amount of information people have at their fingertips and the amount of abilities for people to have their own perceptions is, is greater so that the, you know, the need to bring things back to the core and bring things back to simple is even more important. And unify around uh, core values in your mission statement. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and do things in a way that they say, okay, when we look back at this, we'll have looked back at this as being a success based on what was done, but how it was done too. Cause I think that's the, you know, if you said, okay, why, why are some people good leaders and some people are bad leaders? Well, I think some people are, are good leaders because they can figure out fairly complex situations fairly quickly and get people moving in the direction that it needs to be to get there. They can also set aside differences quickly versus, you know, when you look at our broken political system in America, where they, we are, you know, dwelling in on the differences versus the sameness, mm -hmm. you know, too much. Yeah. Well, Hey, those are all the questions I have. Thank you so much for your time today, Tad. Absolutely, Alex. It's uh, great to great to catch up with you, and great to great to talk about this. And uh, hopefully, it's helpful to some people out in the in the world we live in. Yes, sir.